Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Welcome to The Favorites, the podcast, part of the Action Network and proudly presented by Bet365. I am Chad Millman, Chief Content Officer of the Action Network. I am joined, as I am for every episode, by my co-host, my companion, my compadre, my BFF, professional better, Simon Hunter. Hello, Simon. Aloha, Chad. How was your weekend, brother? <laughs> Dude, my weekend rocked. I dominated on Mother's Day. I was such a good husband, such a good son. Uh, my older son came in from out of town, from college, for college, from college to town. Uh, uh, it was great to see him. It made my wife really happy. The weather was beautiful. I was near perfection. If I <laughs> do say almost, so myself. Almost, I was going to say almost as good as me. I was going to just go right into how I'm just a loser from the loser Villa Philadelphia. We don't need to get to that. We're about to cover the NBA. Um, yeah, just a rough weekend for me. The only good highlight for me, Chad, the whole weekend, you know I'm a little bit of a gaming nerd. A new Zelda came out, Tears yes. of the Kingdom. So I've been distracted to myself. I'm trying not to be too depressed, but... I'm not going to lie. You know how it is, Chad. When your team loses in the playoffs, it just sucks, especially when people talk shit to you. So um, as a Sixers fan, I'm embarrassed. But as a be. lover of Zelda, life is good right now. I am actually in a good place. You know what's interesting? Uh, and we won't we won't harp too much on this because, as you mentioned, the Sixers, uh, we've got a huge show today. We've got Matt Moore, who has just been lighting it up. His content on action right now across every level, whether it's the Buckets podcast, whether it's the columns he's writing, his in-depth analysis, it's just freaking awesome. Uh, he's going to come on. We're going to talk uh, the conference finals. Maria Marino is going to come on. We're going to talk about all that's going on in the WNBA, which by the way, if you are someone who listens to this podcast and you do not bet the WNBA, then you are wasting a massive opportunity. I've got a great story about WNBA betting, which we will talk about when Maria comes on. Um, Maria, of course, the host of uh, of Green Dot Daily, our daily show. Uh, I got a lot of Zelda this weekend because my older son, who you know, is in Philly at Drexel. Game design focuses on tabletop right. games and like the kind of experiential games. So Zelda is in his wheelhouse. So uh, we were all excited about that as well, at least as much as I can understand it. No, if if you were a child of the 90s, which I am, it's like, it don't get much bigger. I think this and Pokemon are two of the biggest, you know, staples of most 90 kids that played games back in the day. So um, yeah, someone that's in Hawaii that should be at the beach. I've been indoors for about three days now just playing video games, Chad. Dude, you know what? Every time I forget that, there is there is more to you than the hard bitten professional gambler who can muck it up as he has if he has to. I remember you're just a little boy who loves Zelda, <laughs> who loves Pikachu and playing with his Pokemon cards. True. It's, it's just so beautiful, Simon. Not many people have a hundred thousand dollars in a little, I don't know, backpack filled with Pokemon cards, but I am one of those people, Chad. So yeah. I was luckily one of those kids that took my cards and I put them in those little protective packages. So it pays to be a little bit of a nerd. All right. Before we get to Matt and Maria to talk NBA and WNBA, a couple of reminders. Number one, you can follow along uh, live on YouTube, Action Network HQ on, you no, not Action Network HQ on YouTube. Just follow us on Action Network uh, on YouTube. And uh, we're also on AMP. You can send us comments. Matt Mitchell is tracking. 
Um, the Favorites Podcast is proudly presented by Bet365, the world's favorite sportsbook brand. Sign up with promo code ACTION to get Bet365's exclusive sign-up offer. Bet $1 on any game and get $200 in bonus bets. Must be 21 or older. Offer is available in Colorado, New Jersey, Ohio, and Virginia. Gambling problem? Call or text 1-800-GAMBLER. Also, as a reminder, you guys know I love game time. I keep talking about it. The fastest growing ticketing app in the U.S. I use it all the time. I've talked about how I use it all the time. If you're looking to get out to a pro or college game this week or even a concert, game time has amazing last minute deals on tickets to all of these. I'm going to open the game time app right out right now from my house in Connecticut. What can I do? Oh boy. Well, we're talking NBA, WNBA. I can see the New York Liberty WNBA super team, New York Liberty coming up this Sunday. Get in the door for 41 bucks. It's that easy. No matter where you live, download the game time app, get out, have some fun this week. You deserve it. You can redeem code favorites for $20 off your first purchase terms apply. Again, just download the app, enter code favorites for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Here we go. Before we get to the Western Conference Finals, before we get to the Eastern Conference Finals, just before we sat down to record this podcast on Tuesday, Doc Rivers, unsurprisingly, fired by the Sixers. Joel Embiid with a press conference post-game in which he basically throws everybody under the bus. Um, Madam Maria, I want your takes on this. I want Simon to be able to respond as a Sixers fan because, wow, that was a pathetic, pathetic. You had to watch that only because you couldn't believe how bad it was going for the Sixers from the second they scored that three-point basket two minutes into the third quarter. Matt Moore, you first. Yeah, I mean, look, it's not surprising that Doc got fired. You know, somebody's got to be accountable. It's not going to be Joel Embiid. So that's not going to happen. That's not how it goes. Uh, Look, that game, though, that series is on Joel Embiid. Had an LCL sprain. I want to be as understanding as I can be of his injuries that he seems to have every single year. But look, James Harden got them game one. James Harden got them game four. Joel Embiid didn't get them a game in that series. Didn't get them a game. The other guys I thought stepped up in that series gave them a chance. Doc, though, his history of failure in these elimination games, he was never Daryl Morey's guy. You know, Daryl came in after. Not surprised they decided to go in another direction. But to me, this is the first domino of probably several this summer for the Sixers, whether they're able to convince James Harden to return and resign, which is going to cost them huge for a guy. It's probably not worth it at this point. And honestly, about the future of Joel Embiid, we just don't know where Embiid's head is at after all of these failures. It's going to be, I think, a very interesting summer in Philadelphia. It starts with the firing of Doc Rivers, but I don't think it ends there after what was an immense failure again, even in a situation where they were underdogs. They lost a series that they should have lost, but the way that they did it was just, I think, too damaging uh, for the franchise. Maria, you are a hoops head. Yeah. How annoying is Joel Embiid? He has been so annoying. This is not the first time that he has thrown people under the bus. I know all of the flaws that Ben Simmons had, but like after they lost, he was just flat out like just calling him out in the presser. Like you don't do that to teammates. Like no wonder he had like severe mental issues after that. And then here again, he is playing the blame game. You can't win a playoff series when your MVP is not, playing like an MVP. Now, Joel Embiid's problem is he is never healthy. He has not been healthy in any of these postseason runs. I mean, 2019, like they had a chance and then like he lost and then he was like, like after, you know, to the Raptors, like that's like what I think of. And like, you know, great player, but I'm not surprised at Doc Rivers losing his job just because coaching tenures in the NBA are so fragile, but how, how is Doc Rivers supposed to win in the playoffs when Joel Embiid is not healthy? Like how? So yeah, that's my reaction. 
Well, Simon, look, you're the fan. Uh, how do you feel about Maria's takedown of Joel Embiid and Matt's Sorry, analysis Bernie. of, no, I love it. Uh, you're spot on. And Matt's thoughts on the idea of keeping James Harden. Uh, I hate that part. Get out. I do not want any more James Harden. Um, I would say it's tough because Philly is such a city of like, I mean, 90% of the people that go to these games, that's their lives, right? They're like making, barely making 50, 60 K a year. They're paying a lot of money for those season tickets. And yeah, man, like it hurts. Like even talking about it hurts because Joel Embiid to me as a Sixers fan, I honestly could say he he probably surpassed AI for me. Like I loved for the Sixers players like I grew up with, AI was definitely the best, right? He was he took us all the way to the finals. He took a game from Kobe by himself, right? Our second best player was like Matumbo. We we had nobody back then. So Embiid, we've just given the benefit of the doubt all these years. He's a loser and he's just mentally weak. So um as a Sixers fan. I would love to say, yeah, let's keep Joel. I can't do it, man. Like, I, I'm just – I'm over the whole experience. I'm over this whole team. It all starts at the top, though. Like, ownership – I hate our ownership. I hate it from top to bottom. Like, the whole way they Sam Hinkie was forced out by the NBA, it's just been – it's been awful. So, we talked about it, Jay. This is the first year, I think, in five years I didn't have a futures on the Sixers. I just didn't believe in the Harden and Bede combo. They're two guys that – historically never produced in the playoffs, right? They always got close, Harden got close. I mean, that Houston team, what was it? They lost, I think they got the worst to a game seven and they took 43 pointers and they made like five of them and they lost by like four points. So it's one of those yeah. where Harden's whole career, he's just been kind of choking. I can't defend Embiid anymore. Like I want to defend people, all these haters against Embiid. Like he me. doesn't show up in these big moments. So like all the old guys in Philly sports talk radio who call up, they're like, how are you going to learn to win if your whole point of reasoning is tanking? It's like, that was the stupidest theory ever. It worked out for them. Like Embiid never learned how to win apparently because he doesn't win. Like, what is it now? He loses in the second round for I think four out of five years. He's just, ah, oh, Chad, it's bad. So to me, yes, they're probably going to bring Joel back. I'm cool with blowing it all up and just putting this team around Maxi. Like I love Maxi. He's 22 years old. He's a shooter. He's fast. Everything about him, I think he just needs a supporting cast around him. So to me, the the model should be what Oklahoma City's done, right? Oklahoma City, yes, they've tanked. They're not telling their guys to lose, right? They're going out there every night trying to compete, and their players compete. The Sixers, we, we just have not had that. So as a fan, we're just bitter right now. We're angry. Doc being fired is the first thing I needed done, though. Like, Doc Rivers, if Evan Abrams posted one more time Doc Rivers' <laughs> record in Game 7 or Cloudsville Games, Chad – I was going to block him on Twitter. I couldn't take it anymore. It's like every time he was stabbing me. So I'm sad the Sixers lost, but honestly, I had no faith in this team heading into this. And I got sucked in when they were up 3-2 against Boston. I'll admit it. I was sucked in. I was looking ahead, being like, oh, my God, all we have to do is beat the Heat. That's what sucked is I started believing. So I would say most Sixers fans are like me today. They're just super bitter about everything. And anyone calling us Loserville, we deserve it. I mean, we lost the World Series. We lost the Super Bowl. And now a team that was all hyped up lost in the second round of the NBA playoffs. So um, probably one of the worst years as a fan of a city uh, this past season as a Philadelphia sports fan. All right, let me uh, – uh, Evan Abrams, of course, who runs research for us here at Action. Um, he had a uh, – he digs in. And he works a lot with Bet Labs, which is one of the research tools we have. Here's a tweet that was sent out today by Bet La at Bet underscore Labs, one of our Twitter handles. Doc Rivers is actually the most profitable coach on the money line in the playoffs since 2005. A $100 better would be up $2,508. That is more profitable than Rick Carlisle at 2,100 and looks like 80 and Eric Spolstra. At 1,528. All right, we're moving on. I I like, because Simon went from, you know, I love Zelda and I've got uh, retirement savings in Pokemon to I hate Joel Embiid. He's mentally weak and he's a loser. (laughs) And the fact that Simon can run the gamut of these emotions and have all these things inside of him is what makes him so beautiful to me. Uh, (laughs) But we got to talk Lakers Nuggets. 
because it's happening tonight. Then we got to talk about Celtics Heat and we got to talk about WNBA because they got freaking super teams in there. And the betting in WNBA is choice. Let's start with Lakers Nuggets. First game on the docket, Matt Moore. You are a Colorado native. You know this Nuggets team well. It is a nightmare scenario for the Nuggets to get to the finals. We all, anyone in media right now, has become a massive LeBron fan. Does LeBron get to the finals? No. No. Fuck you, Matt. Fuck you. <laughs> Sorry. The NBA is going to have to deal with some some uh, worse ratings here because, look, uh, this is the series is fascinating because it, it really is. Do you bet narrative, which has determined so much of NBA history, or do you bet the basketball? Because the basketball says the Nuggets are better. The Nuggets are better top to bottom. They've been better all season. Like this run that the Lakers are on. Yeah, but what, Matt, what about the Lakers? They went through the Warriors. Secret, the Warriors weren't that good this year. <laughs> the reason they went seven games with the Kings. The Kings. Uh, if you look at everything from half-court offense to uh, how they shoot, their number of players that they can viably play in this series, who's the best player in this series? If you believe it's Anthony Davis, you should be betting him to be Western Conference Finals MVP. That new market is choice, by the way. Uh, if you believe the Lakers are going to win the series, you need to bet game one. And for them to win the series, that combo, you can get uh, some books three and a half to one. That's another good one because they need to steal home court. This Nuggets team is elite at home. They've been dominant all year at home, and it's not because of the altitude. Like, there's always been this kind of talking point amongst the gambling community of, look, Utah and Denver, their home court goes down in the playoffs because teams get to acclimate. Denver doesn't play all that fast. That's not how they play. They've been dominant at home because they've been a dominant home team. They do draw something from this crowd. We'll see what that looks like tonight because there's a lot of L.A. people that live in Denver. A lot of transplants there. But look, Denver's better. They have the better player. They have a deeper roster in terms of if we go through who's the best player in this series, Jokic. Who's the second best player in the series? Probably Davis. Who's the third best? It's LeBron. All of the rest are going to be nuggets until we get to like Austin Reeves at maybe five or six. So I can't, I thought about the series. I don't enjoy betting against the narrative here, but I also was like, can I justify betting against Denver when I think that they're the better team, have the advantages, have the matchup advantages and should win? No. So I'll take nuggets here. Minus one and a half on a series spread, get you plus plus one thirty at bet 365. You can find it at other books at higher, at higher numbers. That's the best value on the board is Nuggets to win this in six or less. That has to be the best value here based off of what I see from the series from a basketball perspective. All right. So you're basically saying you like the Nuggets uh, in six or less. Um, Maria, give me your thoughts on this series right now. This is a tough one because I too am uh, battling with the narrative I do think that the Nuggets are the better team, and mainly that's because Nikola Jokic is, of all of the the best players, like he is the most consistent player. He's far more consistent than Anthony Davis. But LeBron, even though he's not maybe peak LeBron, like he still has that other gear. And is that like goat gene going to just come out and have him like fill in gaps throughout this series and, you know, help him get, to another finals. He's 10 and one in conference finals. Like that's crazy. But at the same time, you know, the nuggets are sort of at that point where they've built the right way. They have Jokic. He's a two-time MVP. It's like, it's almost like it's their turn. Like it's their turn to shift history and, and to win and advance to the finals for game one. I do like the nuggets for this series though. I wonder about like, if, okay, Lakers lose game one, do I bet Lakers get, you know, get a, a better price on it? So it's kind of what I'm, what I'm toying with right now. Well, I think that's going to be the consensus, right? Simon, we see this all the time. Like you might get a little bit of a better number and Matt just mentioned this as well. If you are willing to play the favorite after they lose game one, which I kind of feel like is a very good possibility. This is where the Lakers come out and give their best shot. Six-point underdogs at Bet365 right now. Yeah, my favorite thing about the Lakers is if they win it all, they'll be the biggest loser to sports books in over 10 years. So people forget 
The Lakers in a lot of books were huge odds at one point. A lot of books had them at 25 to 1, 30 to 1. I mean, they got way up there. What was that, mid-December they were struggling, or maybe it was January. So to me, Chad, I love the Nuggets. I think it's really fun, exciting. They're a good team. Everything they do is amazing. It's LeBron James in the playoffs, right? Like, we see it time and time again. It's like that Michael Jordan effect of every guy around him plays better. Everyone rises to the occasion. Maybe not J.R. Smith. That was the most boneheaded thing we've ever seen, uh, him not knowing that the game was tied back in the day. But Horrible. Yeah. Horrible. Other than that, though, across LeBron's career, it's just all these guys step up, right? We've just seen it time and time again. So the fact that he's so close and at his age, and he knows this is it, right? If he gets this number six, I mean, for the rest of our lives, it's always going to be the Jordan-LeBron conversation. The old heads will always take the Jordan, the young guys like us, We'll always back LeBron because LeBron did it on multiple different teams against different, you know, different time zones, different teams, different years. I mean, holy hell, 20 years later, we're still talking LeBron. Um, no joke. I was watching Entourage the other day. They had LeBron <laughs> on there. And it's just crazy to think this dude was around when flip phones are around, like literally flip phones. And now he's still doing it in 2023. So for me, yeah. as a better, I want to take the Nuggets. It's just how am I going to against LeBron? Like LeBron, when everyone gets tight, that's when LeBron really shines. So everything Matt just said, so true. And Maria, that like, you know, they're not shooting well, the Lakers. They played crap teams. How sure are we, how good are the Nuggets really though? That's my whole question is, I don't know how good the Nuggets really are. Where I just think the West all year has kind of been down, right? I think even pros talked about it. Like a lot of betting pros said the West is weak. That's why guys were betting the Kings. Again, that was a dumb bet. I admit it. I, that was a waste of money betting the Kings. But I saw the path. So it's just interesting. We're now hearing both of them talk about it. This this line feels really close, right? This series price, if it wasn't LeBron, I think the Nuggets would be, what, minus 200 on the series price? So you can already see the books are building in the LeBron effect. I think most bettors know that, that it's just this is what the guy does. When you leave LeBron for dead, he always comes back. So to me, again, the East is exciting. The West is just so exciting. This game's they're going to be incredible just because – you know, Jokic might be the best center we've ever seen play basketball, but he has nothing but these MVPs. Like, he needs this title, and this is as good as it's going to get for him, right? He's playing in a, a Lakers team that, yes, AD is incredible, but they have plenty of weaknesses. So, to me, out of the East and the West, this is the most exciting series to me, this West series. Hey, this is Action Network Audio Director Matt Mitchell inviting you to head into the sports betting summer with new gear that's built to last. And our folks at Shady Rays, friends of the podcast, they have you covered from the sun to the slopes to out at sea with their premium polarized shades. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company offering world-class products just as good as any expensive pair you've ever worn. And like our betting podcasts, their sunglasses offer the clearest possible optics. Shady Rays also offers the most bananas protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of their sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. So what does that mean? Here's what they told me. It means if you lose or break your pair, even a minute after they arrive, Shady Rays will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. Plus, if you don't love them, just exchange them for a new pair or even return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop with Shady Rays. Their team always has your back. Basically the opposite of betting on the Oakland A's. So, exclusively for our podcast listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code ACTION for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the Shades rated five stars by over 200,000 people. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. 
Go to your happy price, price line. Yeah, look, Matt, you talk about this all the time. The NBA is a narrative league. And that is how you win MVPs. We saw it this year with Embiid. Jokic easily could have won the MVP. May have had a better season this year than in his other two MVP seasons. But the narrative was for Embiid. While the narrative doesn't determine who's going to win this Lakers-Nuggets series, the narrative is certainly fun for the Nuggets. And it makes you want to root for the Nuggets so he can get that capstone in his career. I mean, a little bit. I think, you know, it's been interesting the conversation about Jokic because it was it was really funny when it was like, well, you can't vote for Jokic. He hasn't done anything in the playoffs. We should vote for Joel Embiid. Wait, I'm sorry, what? Yeah, right. And now we see how that worked out. This is, by the way, Jokic's second consecutive conference finals appearance when Jamal Murray's healthy. I would say that the other thing here is, is look, so last year I came on the program and I was like, we got to bet the Celtics. We got to bet the Celtics versus the Warriors. And Simon was like, are you out of your mind? And he was absolutely right. Like, that's what he meant. The, qu- the question here, though, so like, you know, Maria mentioned LeBron's dominance in the conference finals. The Warriors were undefeated in the Western Conference playoffs, and they're out. Why? Because father time comes for everybody. I've watched LeBron James from, I was watching his high school games when I was in my senior year of college at the gym. I would go to the gym and get on the treadmill and just watch his high school games. I've watched the entire path. This is not that LeBron James. He can be that for a game. He will be that for a game. He'll be that for two games. I don't think he can be it for four. If you want to bet the Lakers in this series, you have to bet that Anthony Davis is going to be better than Nikola Jokic. Like you have to, because Davis is going to have to slow him down and he's going to have to score. Both of those things are going to have to happen if the Lakers are going to win. This has to be LeBron and clutch management manufacture the trade for Anthony Davis out of New Orleans to help LeBron. And for four seasons, LeBron has been waiting for him to take the mantle so LeBron can take a rest so the man doesn't have to do everything. And Davis has never stepped up until this year when he's been healthy. So you're going to have to bet that Davis is going to be healthy and he's going to be the best player. If you're betting this purely on LeBron, that's where I have to be like, guys, like I've seen him. This ain't that guy. He Again, he'll have stretches. He's not that guy. We're not just like, well, he might not be peak LeBron. No, not peak LeBron was 2018. We are five years past not peak LeBron. That's where we're at right now with the series. But can I just say, I don't think he needs to necessarily be peak LeBron only in those key moments when you need him to be, because I think this Lakers team is a lot deeper than we realize. Like what they did at the trade deadline is so wild. Like, you have these role players now. Like, I think D'Angelo Russell fits so well with them. And, like, you see Hachimura win them games and Walker and Reeves. And, like, I don't know. I don't think that you need – you don't need him to be peak LeBron all the time. And then also, like, the point that you made about the Warriors, I totally agree with you. Father time comes with, every, you know, for everybody. But the reason that the Warriors are so tired this year is because they just won last year. Like, when, after you win and go all the way to the finals – it's really, really hard to win again just because you're tired. Like, I don't think Clay is the same person or, you know, player. I don't think Draymond is the same player, but like, it's because part of it is because they won just last year. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah I'd say we all sense. know what happened to the Warriors, though. That Draymond Green punch and pull in the face. Yeah. That, that ended their whole chance <laughs> of making a run, right? I mean, it's one of those. Well, look, but Simon, there is that, but there's also the fact that you look at Poole didn't really advance as far as a player he kind of regressed sure. this year he regressed Kaminga, tensfold yeah Kaminga go back and watch really, the finals from last year like he, Kaminga, he literally don't know it's the same player Kaminga never got into the rotation true Moody never became a player Wiseman has been traded so the team that they thought they were building and developing with a couple to three years left of Draymond Clay and Steph hasn't really worked. And so that's the biggest problem for the Warriors is like these guys who they expected to be great haven't been great. It's like Lizzo Can says. Why put you an asterisk on my statement there? though? Sure. I would just I would just say that while I think the Lakers are deeper than they've been given credit for, I still think the Nuggets are the overall deeper team. Nuggets. You guys, uh, you guys are both on the Nuggets then. Clear cut. Yeah. You both think the Nuggets win the series. Here's what I was going to say. We're summarizing here. Uh, 
Maria and Matt both on the Nuggets. Matt definitively on the Nuggets at minus one and a half, which is basically saying he Me likes it. wavering. And Maria <laughs> is wavering at the one and a half. But Matt is uh, officially in the Nuggets minus one and a half camp. He's against narrative for the media. And he's against anybody uh, being interested in what happens once the Lakers are out of the playoffs. All right. <laughs> Eastern Conference Finals. Celtics in the Heat, third time in four years. Celtics went to the finals once. Heat went to the finals once. The Spolstra, Eric Spolstra legend, continues oh, yeah. to grow. And look, this guy, he gets this job. Everyone thinks he's sort of in there and Pat Riley is pulling the strings and he's a Riley puppet. Then he gets LeBron and D-Wade and Chris Bosh. I tend to believe he handled that beautifully and and it was not an easy situation. It was Phil Jackson-esque and the way he handled talent. Not easy to win a title with those players, even if everyone thinks you're supposed to win a title. I feel like he has proven the last decade He's one of the best coaches in NBA history. If any team as an eight seed can beat up on a Celtics team that is so inconsistent and I think is uh, streaky and also emotional and still figuring out who they are and how to play, it's Eric Spolstra. Maria, agree or disagree? Definitely agree. And I don't even care that my emotions are in this one. I just adore Jimmy Butler. I'm obsessed with him. He is so fun to watch. Like, I think Spolstra is a mastermind. And I think the Celtics are the better team on paper. But there's something about the mystique. And there's something about understanding that there is a coaching disadvantage for the Celtics. And like, the Heat have a chance. And they've been very good, you know, against the spread, Six and two this postseason, five and three straight up as underdogs in in the, these playoffs. I know the Celtics are a different animal than uh, you know the Bucks without a one hundred percent Giannis and the Knicks, but I'm just gonna have a little fun here. Like this should be fun, and I'm I just I want to bet the Heat and I want to root for the Heat. I'm not gonna put a lot of money on it, but that's what I want to see happen and. I think I'm going to probably take a similar approach where I just don't see the Celtics losing game one again. Like if they don't, if they didn't learn from the game one loss to Philly in the last series, then that would be insane. So like, I don't think they're going to win. I'm sorry. I don't think they're going to lose game one. And therefore I'll probably bet the heat um, after that. Uh, Rhea <laughs> making emotional bets, which is totally fine. I'm, <laughs> I, look, look, I desperately want the Heat to win this just because I love this team. I love the culture. I love the grit and grind. Um, I think they're awesome. Matt Moore is here to uh, <laughs> burst our balloon. Our bubble. Well, first off, I'll say, Chad, if you're if we're gonna do the you want the the best thing for the media, then you want Lakers Celtics, my man. That's what you want. You I know, but it. I'm not gonna get it. So you've already <laughs> taken that from me. So yeah, now I'm just gonna go for whatever I love. For Maria, if you want to bet that way, Jimmy Butler bet three six three six five plus four fifty Eastern Conference Finals MVP. If the Heat win the series, is there any scenario in which the Heat win the series and Jimmy's not MVP? No, there's not. Uh I actually hit my best bet for the series is Heat plus two and a half. You get minus one forty at the three, six, five, because the Celtics are going to screw around twice. That's what they're going to do. They screw around twice. Every series, they screwed around three times last series. They screwed around twice versus the Hawks. Do we think the Hawks take more games off of the Celtics than the heat do? No, come on. So I like plus two and a half here. I actually disagree with Maria. Cause I absolutely think that the heat are going to win game one teams coming off of a game Woo! seven win. Teams coming off of a game seven in the next round at home, just 11 and 13 straight up. And the overall numbers, when they're not including the away games, much worse. And they tend to, to lose those series, by the way, but I don't think the Celtics lose this series. I like Heat plus two and a half. I actually think Heat go up 2-1. That's what I'm hoping for. If I'm right on that path, we're going to get a great price on Celtics to win the series. And we'll come back on that because this Heat team is adorable. They are so adorable. Like, look at you. You shot 60% or better EFG versus the Bucks without Giannis. And then you faced a fraudulent Knicks team that should have lost to the Cavs if J.B. Bickerstaff could coach his way out of a box. 
golf clap for you. They're not an actual contender. They weren't an actual contender all year. They don't have the depth. They lost Victor Oladipo. Jimmy's got a bad ankle. They're not winning the series. They are going to take two games off the Celtics because the Celtics screw around. So let's take Celtics, or let's say Heat plus two and a half, and then come back on Celtics once they go down the series to once again worm their way out of a series and make the finals. Well, look, it has to be as a, as a Sixers fan, Simon, infuriating to watch the Celtics because they are a team that can go from blowing it and not looking like they belong anywhere close to the Eastern Conference semifinals or finals to a team that has top five talent, you know, across the board in multiple positions. So that's tough. Yeah, it's it's just interesting though. Like I think the Celtics at one point were minus four fifty or minus five hundred against the Sixers in that series price, and now they're the same exact price against this Heat team. It's just it's interesting. The bookmakers really, not that they overvalue the Celtics, but it feels that way. Like that that series went to seven with the Sixers, and one of the stupidest things I've seen online so far was ESPN. Their analytics department put out a stat that they gave the Sixers a ninety seven percent chance. The Celtics a ninety seven percent chance. To beat the Heat. So they gave the Heat a 3% chance of winning this series. I wish they owned a sports book, ESPN. Please give me 30 to 1 on the Heat <laughs> just to win this. Um, the dumbest thing I've seen. So to me, Jimmy is what we love about basketball, right? You, you can have a team, but if you have a guy like Jimmy Butler, it's the same thing as LeBron James we talked about. It's that willing the guys around you, right? It's getting them to believe the Heat have lost players, right? They've had their own injuries throughout these playoffs. But here they are. They keep moving on. And it's the same thing with the Celtics. They just – they feel a little bit like the Sixers team. They feel like they're a little bit mentally weak, right? And if anyone of the Sixers could have stepped up, especially that game six, I mean, I don't think Tatum hit a shot until that fourth quarter of that game six. Like, that game was there for the Sixers. Jimmy Butler's not going to let those kind of games get away. So, I've seen the pictures of Jimmy's ankle. That's probably my biggest hesitation is this guy's ankle is literally a basketball. It, it is so blown up. I mean, you've seen him walk in the stadium these last couple of games. He he has that little bit of a limp where you're like, oh, that's a swag limp. And then you see him without a sock on. You're like, no, that that's a guy with a, probably a broken ankle. So to me, the Celtics, they're kind of getting a gift here. But I, I like what um, – not the series price. I think that's, that's, that is a bit much. Like as much as I love to take them, he, the Heat at plus 300 or plus 400 to win the series – you know, that that's a bit rich to me. So, yeah, plus two and a half for the series price, that's a really good price. I mean, minus 140, that's that's a nice number. So, to me, that feels like that's the smart bet right now for this series, taking the heat plus two and a half. I just – I can see, easily see this going six because we've seen it time and time again. The Celtic at home, they just don't play well. They're better on the road. For some reason, they play at home in these playoff games, and they just let down. They let teams back in. And we've seen the heat go on the road in multiple series now and win games. So, plus two and a half, I'll, I'll take that bet. Matt, I feel like you're discounting the quality of the coaching for the Heat when you say, oh, isn't it cute in a very, <laughs> in a very rude way uh, about how they, you know, beat a Giannis-less Bucks team and they beat a heartless Knicks team, uh, which to me, they beat the Knicks because they're better coached. Yeah. And that to me is the magic of the heat is that they're the, the sum is so much better than the parts for them. Right. And you're not being very respectful of that. Well, I think, look, uh, with Greg Popovich having moved to like a rebuilding phase in his career, suppose the best coach in the league. People were talking about like Ty Lue and Nick Nurse. Get out of here. Those guys are not in Spo's class. Come on. It's they Spo. Like, it's Spo. It's definitely Spo. And Spo versus, as the action Slack has started calling him, Joe Mozzarella, as that matchup is absolutely massive. That is a massive It's not advantage. even. It's not even a conversation. Yeah. Like, it's, it's a, but how many points a game do you think coaching is worth in the NBA in this scenario, in the Eastern Conference Finals? The smart people tell me that the big key here is that Good coaching gives you a small edge. Great coaching gives you a substantial edge and bad coaching gives you a massive disadvantage. And from that, like that's probably worth, I don't know, I would say like, honestly, it's probably worth two points in the series. 
just based off of that because of how good they are. Like we're going to talk about some of these players and how they're evaluated on the spread. I think you got to figure the difference between those because I don't think Maz is that good. Like a lot of people don't. So that gap has to be significant. It's, you know, what Spo gives you plus what Maz takes away at the same time. Like that, like I said, I think the Heat are going to make this a series. I think it's going to be competitive. But for all the talk about, like, this is what Jimmy Butler does. He wins. Except last year when they faced the same Celtics team and he lost. Like, come on, Matt. They should have won that game. They got absolutely hosed. But they did. Especially by the officials. But they didn't. This is a worse Celtics team. It's also a worse Heat team. Like, it. I agree agree with that. I agree with that. But they easily. Easily, like, yeah, I get, I get it. They lost. They easily could have been in the finals last year. Like, so it was Joel as close could have been as in the conference finals once out of the last four years, but he hasn't. It's not uh, the same. I I want to um, I want us to get to WNBA, but I have one more question for you, Matt. Which is, when you you watch a a ton of film on this, what makes Spolstra so good as a coach? So a lot of it is that he doesn't approach things from a very as linear as some guys do. What I mean by that is, okay, this is a weakness. Let's attack this weakness over and over and over again. You do that enough times and you can make a team adjust, but if you attack them in different ways, you will present such a overall problem for them that it winds up causing like, well, we can't just do this one thing. We can't fix this one problem and adjust it. We are, if we do that, Spoh's going to hit us with these other things he's already shown us. He throws zone out there. He throws their coverages are so diverse defensively. They will hit you with zone. They'll hit you with switches. They'll hit you with drop. They will play to what their understanding of personnel. The detail that he brings in all those is absolutely massive. Offensively, a lot of it is like, look, a lot of it is honestly just like, let's give Jimmy the ball and let him go to work. But offensively, the other thing is he's able to tailor whatever it is that they need to the opponent's weaknesses. If they don't have rim protection, they're going to create cuts inside. If they give up a lot of threes, he's going to tell non like inconsistent shooters to bomb away because it gives them the biggest edge in terms of the percentage chances. He finds all of those small edges that you need and he takes advantage of them. If this sounds like simple stuff, it's because so many coaches screw it up. They don't take advantage of what, of the advantages that they have in a series, the weaknesses of the opponent and the other thing is like they need to, you have to trust your players. Spo trusts Jimmy Jimmy Butler. He knows he's got to do that. He empowers him to do that. He learned that from the time with Dwayne Wade and LeBron. And that gives him a huge advantage in terms of keeping those guys connected with a good game plan. I think you touched on something interesting there. And that is, I think Spo and Jimmy are brilliant together. They're both good at adapting to one another and understanding what the other needs. And Jimmy, because of his health, He's picked his spots so well. He'll take time, you know, take games where he'll go off and score. He'll take times where he will back off and facilitate a little bit. And Spo is really good at balancing all of that out and uh, just sort of making up for whatever he's getting from Jimmy, just making up for it in other places. Uh, Simon, I feel like Spo is our... Howie Roseman NBA analog in that don't try to outthink it. Just do the smartest thing that's right in front of you and it's probably going to work out okay. My, my favorite Spo moment, this will be really quick, forever will be last year and Jimmy Butler wanted to fight him on the bench. You remember that? Yes. He was like, fight me. And Spo had this look of like, this motherfucker is so crazy. <laughs> like, And he didn't back down though. He stood right there. I and love that. One of those moments where this is why I, you need guys like Spo, right? Yeah, Spo might be a little nerd, but he's tough <laughs> as shit. You can tell he's he's grinding for everything he's earned in life. So again, players they look and respect to those kind of guys. So you just see that him and Jimmy have been in these battles, these wars together. That's huge growth. Where the opposite side, the Celtic coach, the dude's my age. He's like 33, 34. He's got no experience. And there's a couple of times he looked like a deer in headlights, not making adjustments and other things. So to me, that heat coaching advantage, that is going to be huge if they're able to steal this series. Everyone knows and that you should, you should trust a 52-year-old before a 34-year-old. Facts. I also think, too, again, how Missoula relates to a Jason Tatum who's already been inconsistent. Not to take anything away from how amazing he was in Game 7, but if you look at his postseason performances, a lot of times up and down, finals last year, struggled shooting the ball. So that combination, once again, with that inexperienced head coach, the indecision at times um, in crunch time, that is something to look for as well. All right. Uh, 
let's run through it. Maria is making a bet at some point on the Heat. She's also betting on the Celtics to win game one. Matt Moore is betting on the Heat to win game one. And his favorite bet is Heat plus two and a half in the series. All right. WNBA. Las Vegas Aces. Reigning champs. Shortest yeah. odds to uh, win the NBA title. Uh, they're at about plus 115. The WNBA is now loaded. You have to bet the WNBA. Our debut odds boost on Bet365, Bet365 is boosting the bets we like most each week. And this is the first week we're trying it. Maria's title pick. Maria, name it right now. I do think the most realistic thing we see here is the Liberty winning the title. It's Maria's title pick is the New York Liberty. Bet365 has the best price in the market at plus 130. They've moved it for us to plus 150. If you want to make this bet with us, the boosted price is live on Bet365 right there under WNBA Futures. I was just having fun with with sleeper picks. I put some down on the Mystics at plus 1400 is a little bit more of a long shot, which I told Matt about a couple weeks ago on the Buckets pod. I do think the most realistic thing we see here is the Liberty winning the title. When I saw that I could get this a little juice on bet 365, just a little bit, I was like, oh, I'm going I'm going Liberty here. I put it in this morning because we haven't seen a repeat champion in the WNBA for over 20 years. If there's any team that can do it, it's the Aces. Don't get me wrong. They're a very deep team. Both of these teams, their rosters are unreal. I mean, they just, neither of them really have any holes. But that being said, I like this combination that we're seeing in the Liberty. I think Brianna Stewart is the best player in the world. Um, So she gets picked up by the Liberty. They also add Courtney Vandersloot, who's been one of the best uh, players in the W as well for the past couple of years, and they both have championship experience. So sometimes when you look at a team that has never won, you say, you know, what will they, what will happen when they get to that spot? Well, now they have proven commodities in their stars on the floor, as well as, as their coach and Sandy Brindello, who's also won. Um, and both of their bigs. So Stewie and John Quill Jones, who they added via trade can spread the floor. So they're both like, let's see, Stewie's 6'4", John Quill Jones is 6'6". They're both like 37, 38% from three, which I love. You have Sloot and um, Sabrina Ionescu, who was the number one pick in 2020. And she is a facilitating point guard, but can also score. She can, she'll be able to play off the ball a little bit more with Sloot. Like, I just love this combination that they have going on. Um, Becky Hammond, interestingly, has been, uh, as she tends to be in the, you know, in the news, as far as, uh, NBA head coaching vacancies. I don't know if that happens. I don't know if she, um, makes that jump this quickly after joining the W and winning a championship in her debut season, but there is some of that swirling around. And I wonder how that affects the aces. All right. So, uh, this Friday, begins the 27th season of the WNBA. Maria mentioned the Buckets podcast, um, which is our regular basketball betting podcast that now features weekly WNBA shows. Here's my favorite WA betting, WNBA betting story. When we first launched Action in 2018, and look, for it, it's been known that bettors love the WNBA, Simon can confirm this, but we <laughs> had a WNBA Google sheet and it was early in Action's life, maybe maybe May of 2018, and somebody yells out, what the fuck is going on? And everybody in the office looks up and... Uh, Somebody was pissed because somebody had been fucking around in the WNBA betting Google sheet and screwing with the models. And it was getting everybody very heated. That's how intense betting on the WNBA can be. 
Simon, explain why betters love it. Yeah, and it's funny from my own perspective. I was one of those people where I grew up on UConn, right? I just I watch a lot of Let's women's college basketball, but that's where it stopped, right? Because I wasn't again. I this was before I was a better. I didn't really know much about the WNBA, and then it's literally my first experience when I moved to Vegas for an entire season was just tracking WNBA. So that was one of those where the pros were all about it, but the general public still really didn't know much about the WNBA. Now, fast forward 11 years, Chad, we just talked about the women's college basketball has never had higher ratings. It outrated the men's basketball, college basketball at one point. And the women's league is expanding, right? They're already talking about moving teams to Canada now, expanding to Canada. It's just growing really quick. I still think people don't understand how big of an edge you can find betting WNBA. And again, we have people here at the Action Network that give out great content all season of stuff to bet on. You can find a good edge in WNBA just because the books, they're willing to take your money, right? It's a lot of them trying to balance the books because it's becoming a more Joe Schmo goes home and he's going to bet the WNBA. They used to not be that way. It used to only really be the pros. Now it's really expanding. So it used to be if you bet 100 on WNBA, you kind of red flag to a lot of these sports books. You're kind of on their radar. Now you don't have to worry about that, people. You can really get good money down on the WNBA. So to me, the pros have always been on it. Football, me and Chad joke all the time. My goal is 55%, people. So if you have pros out there that expect to hit 80 70% of the WNBA, that shows you how big of an edge you can get betting it. Nowadays, the NBA is just all ISOs, right? People complain about that all the time. You don't get that WNBA. They actually move the ball. They set picks. It's worth reading the articles and learning about it because you can find huge edges all summer. You don't need to just bet baseball. The Las Vegas Aces, you mentioned Becky Hammond, reigning MVP, Asia Wilson. Also, Kelsey Plum, who became a superstar during the celebration for the Aces when they won and then <laughs> got, got married to former Raiders tight end, Darren Waller. And Isn't he she, now current Giants current, tight end? Current Giants <laughs> tight end. But the reason I say former Raiders tight end is because okay. she was throwing shade at Raiders coach Josh McDaniels after the wedding. The Liberty, meanwhile, a super team. You mentioned Jean-Claude Jones. You mentioned Brianna Stewart, who Kevin Durant recruited to come join the Liberty. And then, of course, he got traded. But are those, other than Maria's Bet365 boost to plus 150 on the Liberty to win title, Matt Moore, are those Either of those teams, your favorite win total for the year in the WNBA? No, I will take the Atlanta dream over 18 and a half. That team really showed out last year. Uh, They're under the radar. Simon kind of talked about it. One of the reasons I think that the market is so soft on WNBA is because there's kind of this stratification of the, there's like two teams that are typically elite and they'll cover at a high rate. There's like two teams below that are, that are really good and they won't cover at high rates. They're kind of not fraudulent, but just like not as strong versus the number. And then like, there's this mix of teams that are really always kind of behind. And the dream were that for me last season, where I was betting them pretty consistently because I saw what they were capable of and how they could kind of pull this off. Um, the dreams number, I think is really, really soft here. There's an 18 and a half a 19 and a half in the market when they won 18 last year, they've improved. They've added significant upgrades uh, across what they're able to, to bring. Alicia Gray, I think is a huge upgrade for them. I think Ryan Howard is going to take a, a big step up for them this season as well. Her defense is absolutely amazing. Um, the offense is where I'm going to have a little bit of some concerns, but a lot of where I get to in WNBA also is, three-point variance. This team projects to shoot more threes this season. That to me is huge. You can find huge edges, huge edges in WNBA based off a three-point volume. They are where the league was, the NBA was back in like 2013, where you're starting to see the emergence of the pace and space era, but it hadn't really caught on as full yet. It's why I was on aces from the minute Becky Hammond got hired, because the first thing she said at a presser was like, yeah, we're going to shoot more threes this year. (laughs) immediately like it was that simple the only thing that was holding the aces back was their three-point volume which is what makes the yeah exactly which is what makes these these matchups so fascinating between those two super teams but yeah i think atlanta dream is a really soft number 18 and a half 19 and a half in the market i think they're going to be really good this year what about you maria so i'm going to give you a, a, a total that i like but just to simon's point about sort of this sweet spot that we're in right now with the WNBA. i mean this is the first season that I can see where, you know, across the board, sports books have win totals. 
Like I didn't, I couldn't bet this last year. And so it's, it's, it's new. It's still niche enough. And to your point, like, oh God, I don't want to bet baseball like ever. Um, And I'm just a hoops. I'm just a hoops junkie. I like basketball. So, and, and like, this is, it's so much easier. Like a 40 game season is great. I mean, this isn't like the NBA where half the games don't matter. Like 40 games. It's like the perfect amount of time. I, I like the time of year it's in the summer. Like it's just, it's just so fun. Um, and you know, there are some principles. If you like betting NBA, you can certainly apply them to WNBA, but as far as a total is concerned, and I sort of teased this before about like the mystics, maybe being a sleeper, um, you can get really good value on them to, to win a championship. They have Elena Deladon, who is a former MVP and she really hasn't been healthy the last couple of years. So like last year, she only played 25 games. Now it was a 36 game season last year. It's very important. And the, the mystics went 22 and 14. Their uh, total this year is 24 and a half. So if she's playing more and traveling more, I think they can win two or three more games. Um, so that's a really good example. Like you want to, you want to look at that. Um, and so I, I like them for a total and, there's it's like if the information is if you know where to find it you can you can definitely get an edge but it and it is there i mean when i first started covering wmba in 2018 there was nothing i'm telling you there were like two wmba writers that i knew of it was so hard to just even find who's on the injury report in this like 5 year span it's just gotten better and better and better so you can find the information. It's not going to be plastered everywhere like it is in the NBA. And that's where you get the edge. Um, Yeah, look, it's it, the beauty is there's a limited number of games. Every game yeah. has a level of intensity. The quality of play is unbelievable. It's great to see in person. Don't forget, go to game time, find tickets near you. Um, I'll be doing that. Uh, so... Maria clearly is in love with the Mystics because she likes them as a long shot and she likes yeah. their win total. Matt is going with Atlanta. Uh, how about for both of you, MVP first? Maria, give me your MVP. Okay, so I'm going to blow your mind right now. I'm ready. Chelsea, Chelsea Gray is on the Aces. She was the finals MVP last year. She had a historic postseason. She averaged like 22 points, seven assists, 54% from three, a true shooting percentage of 72%, 61% from the floor. She has plus 10,000 to be the WNBA MVP. And I bet on that. What? What? What, what, are, you, what are you giving me that face for, Matt? Because here's was my life. 12-3-5 last year in the regular season on 46% 38. She had a great, 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 great series for sure. No way. No way. But that is what that is why she's such long odds. It's true. So, right? So what? So what? Okay. Put put a yeah. sprinkle on that number. You, like yeah. by the way, because- Matt, give us someone better. You're so smart. Elena Deladon. I already bet Deladon just to be just to be fair. I bet Deladon yeah. as well. But uh, I'm just saying, wait, can I just finish my point real quick? Because I, I, my, my whole thing is like we expect Aces and Liberty to be the two best teams. And usually the MVP is on one of the two best teams. And again, at those odds, like Chelsea Gray has turned a corner where she kind of showed that when the Aces were playing their best, she was the the, you know, the lame phrase, the straw that stirs a drink or whatever, like that was her. So sorry, Matt. Well, I would Continue. just say, here's, here's the thing. <laughs> Having covered so many annoying super teams in the NBA, one of the things that we see consistently is the MVP value is not really there. The reason is like their usage gets distributed. And now that that ACES team last year could have qualified as a super team on its own with the kind of talent that they had. Yes. They're out in Canvas now, right? So like the usage is going to be even more kind of distributed down. Like they're still there. You have to factor in 
what kind of numbers can they put up? Like you want WNBA to be, you want MVPs in basketball to be on teams, players with high usage. They have to put up big numbers to keep their teams afloat. They can do it to win games. One of the reasons that, that Stewie has won so many is yeah, she definitely had some help out there in Seattle, but she was by far and away like the reason. And on both of these teams, I think they've got so much help that it's going to be distributed across. They're going to be able to hit you from so many angles. I don't see but much value on the players on Aces or Liberty to win WNBA MVP. I do love Deladon, though, plus 600, 6 to 1 yeah. for a beast that's going to put up big numbers. She's still yeah. dominant. To me, that's the best value on the board. To be clear, like again, I did put I did put money on Deladon. Um, but you you said it last year. The Aces essentially were a, su- a super team already. Yeah, they add Candace, they add Alicia Clark. You know, lose Derricka Hamby, whatever. We had that argument last year. Who's the MVP, Asia or or Stewie? Mm-hmm. And it didn't hurt Asia's argument that she was on the Aces and she had a lot of help. She still was the MVP. That's all I'm saying. Uh, what about Rookie <laughs> of the Year? So rookie of the year, um, I think it's Diamond Miller uh, for the links at like plus 310 or so, I believe. Um, Because the thing, you know, Simon, you touched on it too, how the league needs to expand. We only got 12 teams. We only have 144 or fewer roster spots because a lot of these teams are fighting salary caps that a lot of times they can only fit like 11 players, it's wild. You have first round draft picks that aren't making rosters. So you really have to look closely at like, not only is who's going to make the team, but who's actually going to play and get minutes. And so I look at Diamond Miller, um, who was number two pick. And she like, she's already playing. She started, she's starting the, the preseason game. She's getting on the floor. She's being productive. Like you, again, to your point, Matt, about usage, like, you need a rookie that is actually going to play. Now, Aaliyah Boston was the was the top pick in the draft, but she's playing for the Fever. The Fever were horrible last year, mainly because they're full of rookies. Like, they're still going to probably be the worst team in the league. And so I wonder if that hurts her, you know, overall chances. And the Lynx have produced um, a couple rookies of the year in, in recent years with Nafisa Collier and Crystal Dangerfield. And uh, so I just... I feel like she is, it's kind of a safe-ish play. Like, it's not like she's, you know, it's not like crazy value or anything, but like, she's going to play. So that right there is is good enough for me. But I I do think you need to monitor this a little bit. Final rosters are due Thursday um, at 5 p.m. Um, and also just because your, your rookie that you like might not be on the team to start the season, there's a lot of movement. So like, Kind of, kind of pay attention because, you know, rookies float around a lot. Pay attention, people. <laughs> By the way, that's but that's the theme for betting the WNBA. It's like that yeah. there's information to be had, but it's not as prevalent as NBA. So that's where the advantages are also to be had. Um, Matt Moore, do you have a favorite rookie of the year bet right now? It's too sharp. It's Aaliyah Boston. Um, look, she in preseason, she's she's averaging she she had eight and eight, and she played no more than 18 minutes. Like she's gonna have so many scoring opportunities. I just think she's gonna put up bigger numbers, and that's what typically tends to win. Um, I will I will cop to not have done enough research on rookie of the year for WNBA to know whether or not win percentage has factored in. I can only go off of like what we've seen in the other sports, not just NBA, but the other sports, but generally speaking, rookies get a pass on how good their team is. So even though the fever are going to be truly awful, just truly yeah. terrible this year, I do think that Leah will put up better, uh, good numbers, but she's minus 250. I don't want to, I don't want to lay 250 on a WNBA rookie of the year. I just, there's not enough minutes usage, et cetera, to go around. So um, I think Aaliyah doesn't project as strongly as some of the other dominant ones we've seen. Um, so I, I want to stay away from the market, but if I were to bet, I would just lay the 250 on Aaliyah Boston. For more WNBA betting content this summer, check out Maria and our WNBA experts every week on the Buckets podcast, the basketball betting podcast from the Action Network. As a reminder, the Favorites podcast is proudly presented by Bet365, the world's favorite sportsbook brand. Sign up with promo code ACTION. 
to get Bet365's exclusive sign-up offer. Bet $1 on any game and get $200 in bonus bets. Must be 21 or older. Offer is available in Colorado, New Jersey, Ohio, and Virginia. Gambling problem? Call or text 1-800-GAMBLER. Folks, we've done it all. We got our Sixers hate out. Uh, the Western Conference previewed, the Eastern Conference previewed, the WNBA previewed uh, for Simon Hunter, for Maria Marino, for Matt Moore, for Matt Mitchell. Jesus Christ, the alliteration <laughs> on this team is insane. For Charlie DeSterko producing us on the YouTube, I am Chad Millman. This has been the Favorites Podcast, part of the Action Network. Download us from Apple Podcasts, from Spotify. Wherever you get your podcast, rate, review, subscribe, leave us five stars, say whatever you want. Feedback is a gift. Till next time. Love you. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.